0: All right. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I am your host today, Harrison Fagan. I am joined by Jacob Rude of Lonzo Wire and also of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network as we continue to throughout May and heading into June, likely uh, this rotating host carousel musical chairs. And uh, Jacob, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going good. As we were kind of talking a bit before we started. uh, The Lakers haven't done anything in uh, three days. so They can put up the sign that says like...
0: That's exactly
1: what I was thinking. Yeah,
0: three days since last stupid thing. Or since last, last nonsense expose. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> three days since last appearance by Magic Johnson on ESPN.
0: Yeah, well, that's probably an actual sign that they have in the, like, <laughs> at least in the PR department. You know, I'm guessing they probably have. They're like, well, all right, it's been three days. Like, hopefully, no more is going to come of this at this point. Um. A- anyway, you can find th- th- again Silver Screen and Roll podcast. You can find us everywhere you find podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at hm fagan. You can follow Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Rude. It's really simple, right? Yours is just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't. I actually didn't look that up. Um, we. So yeah, they have not done anything stupid in a little while. So that actually makes it a little harder to find something to talk about because I. I, I don't want to just sit here. At, we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's come out later in this process towards the end of the show. But I don't want to beat everyone over the head with the dysfunction stuff up front. I feel like we've talked about that a lot. We've written about that a lot. I'm completely cool with you know moving forward and dealing with things that, you know, this team is going to do in the future and talking about those. I think, Jacob, you're with me on that. I don't. I, that's not to minimize the reporting that was done on Monday. It's obviously incredibly important, but I think that everyone is probably ready to hear about some other stuff now because you've heard all of our opinions on this. So uh, I want to talk a little bit today about Anthony Davis, because I I talked a little bit about this on Locked on Lakers yesterday, but Anthony barely lets me talk on that show. So (laughs) I didn't get to talk that much about it. And it's honestly going to be the most meaningful thing that the Lakers are dealing with over the next month, because like all of these developments are going to kind of determine whether or not the Lakers are selling LeBron to free agents and the possibility of trading for Anthony Davis or whether they're actually selling Anthony Davis and LeBron come team up here. We have another max slot. So this is the biggest thing. uh, This is the biggest on court issue facing the team. And that's still hanging over their heads. If you didn't hear about this either on the site or on locked on Lakers yesterday, Anthony Davis and, or anywhere else, uh, Anthony Davis and David Griffin, or yeah, it was rich Paul, David Griffin. It's not totally clear if Anthony Davis was there or not. No, what Anthony Davis was there. So Mm -hmm. I guess he, Griffin and Rich Paul will continue to have a dialogue about his trade request. It sounds like Davis has not moved off of that, but that they had, and that it's highly unlikely, according to Shams Karania, that his stance changes on wanting to be traded. And and vis-a-vis probably wants to be traded to the Lakers, since it seems like that's where he wanted to go until now, uh, and that he's in Los Angeles right now but it sounds like they had a reportedly respectful and productive sit-down and that the Griffin wants to keep making his case. He's going to continue to stand outside Anthony Davis's mansion in Los Angeles with a boombox <laughs> that's just playing audio of ESPN reacting to Zion Williamson on draft night um, and just trying to recruit him back. But I think it is unlikely—do you agree with me that it is unlikely that that happens?
1: Yeah, I, well— I think it's unlikely that he holds a boombox out there, but I think that would be very fun if he did. You know, hey, you sometimes
0: as a top executive in the league, you have to go the extra mile and stand outside Anthony Davis' <laughs> house with a boombox. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Magic Johnson probably tried that before. He
1: like, he was dissipated. at he was at LeBron's house for like an hour beforehand. So obviously, that's what he was doing was standing yeah, outside he the gates and the stereo. Like, yeah. He was standing outside the gates with a boombox for an hour, and then finally they're like, God, just let him in. I'll talk to him.
0: Yeah, we'll just pretend that it was 9 o'clock. This is pathetic. Like, LeBron and <laughs> Paul, they hear a noise, and they look outside, and they're like, is that Magic
1: bumping his stereo? It's like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and he's not, He's supposed to be there like four hours later. Like, why is he here? Just what song is that? Paul we
0: went on an important first date before, so I think who can't relate <laughs> to Magic in that sense? But... On the Anthony Davis stuff, I think you and I actually disagree on whether or not a deal is likely to happen before the – but I guess it's not deadline, but draft night is kind of the unofficial deadline because after that – it would seem like like well, number one, the Lakers will have to pick a player, and so unless they they in New Orleans miraculously have the exact same view of the draft, which seems unlikely because past number one, it seems like most teams don't necessarily. Um, so that pick will become a player and inherently become less attractive to New Orleans by that point. And the Lakers will be turning their attention ahead to free agency, the new league year, all of that stuff, and will not presumably not be as able to be in trade discussions at least right away and i know that i personally am hoping that they get something done before then because it would be nice in terms of like lining up with my i'm going to hawaii in like uh towards mid august which is when i'm guessing that trade discussions will actually rebegin because that's just (laughs) how my life works um but i don't know i I think that something is going to get done i have my reasoning for that but i don't want to be a hypocrite i've talked enough What do you think about the Anthony Davis stuff and whether or not this gets done before the draft? Because I think you disagree with me.
1: Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, Partially, I still don't know that he'll be traded at all because I think Griffin, more than anything, is probably going to try to sell him on like new regime, like uh, new group of people in charge and whatnot, and that they're not as incompetent as a group before. But more than that, I guess, I just don't think there's a lot of value out there right now. If you look at every asset that everyone assumed would be on the table, um, both Lonzo and Ingram, their stock has dropped quite a bit, really, for both of them. Lonzo being out, he—I don't think he's played a hundred games yet. And no, he's uh, at
0: ninety-nine. You should know yeah. this, though, as, as editor in chief of Lonzo Wire. So I
1: did. Just to be clear, it wasn't a hundred games, um, and. Obviously, the the stuff with Ingram, um, it sounds like he'll be he'll fully recover. But just the I think with the Chris Bosh stuff so recent, um, even if it is a little bit different, I think that kind of scares some teams off a little bit. But even guys like Jason Tatum, his stock just absolutely plummeted this year from where it was. Um, Please call him by his given name, Jason Christ. The oh, I, thought, I thought
0: you're
1: going to you say 19 year old Jason Tatum um which is also his 19
0: year old future star jason tatum
1: yes uh but yeah his his value cratered um i especially enjoyed all the celtics fans blaming kobe for that um
0: honestly like hey you know i don't know that we can't blame kobe for that <laughs> They, they worked i, don't, out the I g-
1: don't disagree that it was wrong but i did take a special kind of joy and every time i saw that he was shooting, like, contested 18-footers that they would be randomly, like, cursing out Kobe Like, Why'd
0: he work with Kobe?
1: Like, a mid-February game, and the Celtics fans are, like, cussing out Kobe. I, I, I did enjoy that. He's owning them from the grave. <laughs> and, and then... Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then the Knicks' whole kind of trade package was based on them getting a number one pick that they not only didn't get, but New Orleans did get. So... I don't know that there's really going to be a whole lot of value. I guess if they, if the Celtics do go all in and include Tatum and Brown, then maybe. But that's a hell of a risk with Kyrie basically gone. Um, I don't think I can see Ainge doing that. And I don't know that the Lakers would offer the same package that they did in February. Um, just for all the, if nothing else, for all the criticism they took for offering all of that. And, well,
0: and also there have been rumblings that Genie Bus would not want to include Kuzma anyway, which is like that's a whole other thing, but
1: a <laughs> very random of the players included in not Well want he to has Mamba
0: mentality, Jacob. Yeah. So that's what I uh, have to understand. He knows what it means to
1: be a Laker. Uh, he picked up on that very early to, he learned very quickly what it means to be a Laker.
0: No, see, he roasted me on Twitter last summer for this because I, I said that Lon, I think I said Lonzo could really learn something from the way Kuzma has handled the media this this summer by just happening to show up for a drought workout right after, right when the media is let it, getting let in <laughs> for draft workouts. And it's like, I'm not criticizing him for doing that. Do it. That's how you get the word out to people that you're in the gym working out is you show up when the media is there. Like, I, you know that's just brand management uh, like but he was uh less happy on Twitter <laughs> I said that, and then i exposed him so
1: but yeah I, I just think the the basis of my argument is that i just don't think the value is there right now um i think that the hornet or the hornets the pelicans are going to want to hang on to him they can trade him in february i don't think the packages would be all that different If they really do want to trade them and it gives them like six months or so, um, six, nine months, somewhere around there for them to kind of sell them that things are different now um, and maybe sell them on. Hey, Zion's actually really good and you may want to play with him. So I don't think that uh, Anthony Davis does get traded.
0: Okay, so I think first thing is I I do think that the offers will be different in February than they are In like you know June, July, August, because you aren't going to get him in training camp and have him for an entire year with you. It's going to be like a rush trade deadline thing, and at that point, you can just sell yourself. Well, well, why give up something? We can just go into free agency in a couple months. It's just different. And uh, I agree with you about the Knicks package. I, I think it's basically like if you were shopping for shoes online, like on like Facebook or, you know, Craigslist or something and you saw the pictures and then you showed up in person and they were just like duct taped together and like (laughs) all that stuff. That's like the Knicks being like, we have all these first round picks and former first lottery picks that we want to offer you. And then you look at like the names that they actually are and it's trade deadline catfishing. Um, So I, I agree with you on the Knicks is like, The Knicks package is not that great anymore. The Celtics package is still okay, I think. I think you're right about Tatum taking some hits this year. But at the same time, the Lakers have been knocked down. I honestly think, though, that that doesn't necessarily make it less likely that a deal gets done – Unless like the Pelicans are so desperate to also move off of salary in it that they want these teams to have guys signed that they can attach to this deal and you know whatever, or they want to trade into cap space and the Lakers don't want to allow them to do that or something like that, but I don't think that it's as much of an impediment to a deal because if anything, I think that that allows New Orleans to leverage and make sure that they get every last thing out of the Lakers and try and make that happen because. If the Lakers come back to them and they go, well, you know, like we're willing to put like let's let's like jokes aside. Kuz is on the table, you know, like we're willing to put Kuz on Kuz, Lonzo, Ingram, the number four pick. Um, I'm trying Josh Hart, you know, whatever, like they're throwing the whole young guy package at them. And the Pelican, David Griffin, could sit there and be like, well, Lonzo hasn't played 100 games yet. He's only played 99, which Jacob Root of Lonzo wire didn't know. I don't know. That was weird of him to reference that specifically in going back at Rob Palenka um but
1: christian then- keeps track of lonzo stats i keep track of Lamelo's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm just choosing to believe that that's true now <laughs> um he he could say you know like like who's you know sure he's demonstrated mamba mentality but he's also a little bit of an inefficient gunner that doesn't do much else um who is you know not as young as a lot of people seem to think he is brandon ingram has the health issues josh hart was not able to stay healthy last season it wasn't great when you know he after you know he was not perfectly healthy anymore and you just go on down the line and that's potentially reason for them to be like well okay but you have to throw in another first round pick Uh, two more first-round picks, three more, you know, a second-rounder, pick swaps, whatever, and they can really try to leverage the Lakers who are probably going to feel kind of desperate to make this
1: happen. Yeah, that's just, I think, I don't disagree with any of that. I just think it's a matter of the Pelicans probably not feeling like they're going to get, like, you're never going to trade a a superstar like that and get fair value, but I guess it's wherever they're drawing the line. Like, if you want to get 75 cents on the dollar... Um, I just don't know that the packages out there right now are going to be to that level. Um, Maybe they are. I guess it really just depends on what Griffin sees in the guys.
0: Yeah, that that's a big factor as well because it's different management and like the other factor that's different is you don't have clutch sports trying to shank you anymore, Uh, like from the <laughs> side because it seems like they're playing nice now. You know, like they have to the sit down. Everyone's saying all the nice things about it, it was productive. They aren't saying that the trade offer's rescinded, but they're you know at least saying that like you know we're willing to continue talking with you. That's like it makes the organization look better because it makes it seem like oh David Griffin came in here and he was really able to reason with Anthony Davis and Rich Paul and wow he was really able to almost get them to change their mind and then eventually like they play nice and anthony davis releases his nice statement in the newspaper or on instagram or whatever like he talked about at all-star weekend um and both sides are allowed to save some face where anthony davis goes well you know like the timelines just didn't line up i was ready to go on to my next chapter but new orleans is a great city and a great organization and i have a lot of faith in them and david griffin can be like well we tried our best but he was just set on going to the big market bad guys and you know like shake his fist at them um but it seems it like seems they're like, willing to play nice now.
1: Yeah, it seems almost like some damage control too from the from Clutch after I can't remember what the shirt Anthony Davis wore at the end of the year was that he claimed that's he did Logan. Yeah, that he claimed he didn't pick out. He he only which I, I remember saying at the time, when your like excuse is well somebody else picks out my clothes and that's supposed to be like your saving grace, like you know, you're probably really screwed up. Um yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's I, what I say whenever I wear like an embarrassing like outfit to like you know, like to go to work or whatever. Is I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry, my fiance really likes this shirt,
1: or say a fedora when recording a podcast. No, the fedora is my choice, that, that <laughs> is the
0: podcast fedora. And for those of you that you know were missing out on the visual reference on a non visual medium, Jacob just made it for you, so now you take your drink, upset alert, like it was
1: said even when Anthony <laughs> wasn't here. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It does feel like the two sides are, if nothing else, working on some outs, basically. Like, hey, we try—Griffin can go to to the media and go to the fans and say, hey, we came in, we tried, like, we did all we could to try to keep him. He doesn't want to stay. We only
0: want guys who want to be here. That's the type of culture that we're trying to build.
1: We want people who know what it means to be a Pelican, whatever that means. Uh, (laughs) And— like you have to eat the- lots of fish.
0: Um, you you <laughs> scare small children.
1: You went very literal with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you you know how terrifying it is to. What's their mascot's name? Yeah. Yeah. It's less absolutely. terrifying now. The former
0: one was like staring into <laughs> like the the abyss, like into a black hole. Um, the depths
1: of your soul, basically. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like the the former one looked like he wanted to eat you. The current one just looks dorky.
1: Yeah. And this like you said, this is a way for clutch to be like, Hey, we tried to talk it out. We appreciate David Griffin and yada yada yada. But how well run they
0: are and all this stuff, you know, make niceties. So like I, I think for those reasons, but I actually the the other thing that I want to talk about a little bit here is off air, you gave me a little bit of a hot take for why you don't necessarily want this to get done, I think. Um <laughs> And I'm going to out you on the podcast, so fire away.
1: Well, to be fair, I also I I also tweeted this, but I oh did when, you tweet it? Oh, okay. yeah, that, it it that's was old then. Okay, go ahead then. It was last week, and I literally I was going to a softball game that I had to cover, and I said, "Listen, I'm going to tweet this hot take. I'm not going to be on this account. I'm not answering any tweets. I'm muting this tweet, and I'm just I just now pulled it up to look at the reaction to it." Um, oh no! All right, well. I mean, I figure it's going to be bad, but I I tweeted then because basically because of what it'd take to get in a trade for the, both of them, I'd rather trade for Bradley Beal than Anthony Davis. How
0: are you going to say that the offers aren't appealing enough for the Pelicans, but also that this is too much to give up?
1: Uh, well, I do. I mean, I well, one, it's the Wizards, so this I. Has just, been it's been undisputed.
0: So- I just destroyed you.
1: No, one, it's the Wizards, and they just do dumb things all the time. But yeah. also, you're getting Bradley Beal for multiple years. Whereas, I, I guess with the Lakers, there's probably the assumption that Anthony Davis is going to stay. Um, I think I'm also really high on Bradley Beal. Like, I think he's really high. Both can be true. Um,. <laughs> I think Bradley Beal can be the second superstar or second star on a a title team. Um, Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm not there yet with Beal. Like why, why do you think so with the Lakers specifically?
1: I think he is a perfect fit next to LeBron as a, he's a great shooter, great kind of secondary playmaker. Um, I don't think you have to give up both Lonzo and Ingram. So I think he would play off both of those guys. Well, in different ways, obviously, um, he's a spacer. I mean, he's used to playing with a second superstar. Um, this one he gets to play with is actually good, though. Um, How he, dare you take shots at fellow Clutch client, John Wall? While he has, like, one working leg, basically. I
0: feel bad for John Wall because it sounds like that second injury was just such a flu Like, injuring yourself in your house, like, that's brutal. But yeah. anyway...
1: Yeah, uh, I I do kind of feel bad, but then I look at how much money he's going to be making in the next like four years, and that's that's part of the reason I think the the uh, Wizards might be looking to move Bradley Beal. John Wall is going to make thirty eight million next year, forty one million, and then forty four million. Um, I just
0: did that literal gif of the blinking guy. I did not realize it was that much. I knew it was a lot. I just like, Actually, I lied.
1: At, well, yeah, after that, too, he has a $47 million player option.
0: Oh, wow. I wonder if he'll take that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh, I think that man. they well, basically well, have to the trade Rich Paul
0: him? gets what's best for his clients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think a trade – or a, it, that extension hasn't even kicked in yet, and it's already the worst contract. I was having this debate the other day but I think it's already the worst contract in the league. Um, he's yeah. doubling his salary next year and he's going to miss I assume he won't play next year with the Achilles. The
0: Achilles, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the worst con like I, I feel bad for the guy because that's like that's a real struggle to have to come back from and like on a human level like I hope he makes it and everything. Oh, yeah. Like if we're just evaluating this from the outside, yeah, that's the worst contract in the league right now.
1: So, yeah, I think the Wizards have to... Cut some money. Yeah, tear it down, basically, because they're not going to be able to really compete with that contract on the books, taking up almost half the cap space. Um, And you really can't afford... I mean, right now they'd be paying Beal and Wall $55 million next year. No, excuse me, $65 million next year. Um, So, yeah, I think he'll be dealt... You have you have him through his prime for the next two seasons. Um, I'm I think the the basis of this really is I'm just really high on Bradley Beal and I think he he showed it in the second half of the year, or basically the second half of the year when Wall went out, how good he can be. Yeah, um, yeah
0: I don't doubt that he's good. I just I. The part of your point that I agree with is or you didn't say this, but like the reason I agree in part with kind of what you're saying and the idea of it is that we've seen that big men are not what drive success necessarily in today's NBA. And, um, you know, like Anthony Davis, that's why we don't see, that's why he's obviously amazing, but you need other guys to set him up. And how much is he, how much do you want him as your franchise cornerstone? Once LeBron is gone. And once you stop having like this dynamic dribble drive force, but at the same time, you know, yes, Beal would be a great fit with LeBron. Anthony Davis would be, more dangerous than he has ever been in his entire career, and he's already been pretty good with a guy like LeBron, throwing him lobs like an, an Anthony Davis-LeBron pick-and-roll <laughs> is unguardable. I, cool. I mean, you can sag off of LeBron, but he's become a good three-point shooter. Like, he will make enough of those to make you pay. And if you give him a full head of steam going to the rim anyway, that's dangerous in its own ways. And, like, Anthony Davis just coming in on lob, I I just—I really— I selfishly, as a basketball fan, hope that Lonzo is not in the Davis deal when it eventually gets made, because I would love to see him throwing lobs to Davis. Um, and him and LeBron just doing that would be, I think, a lot of fun, especially as fast as the Lakers would play with those two. Um but I still, like, I think that Anthony Davis is already just, a like, an unstoppable monster. And if you add him alongside LeBron, and the Lakers just sign, like, a couple shooters this summer. You don't have to go crazy. Just get, like, some guys that are not allergic to shooting three-pointers. Then <laughs> that's all of a sudden a really dangerous team.
1: Yeah. I, the, the part of my argument I think that maybe some could disagree with. I think it would take... Everything to get Davis, like the whole yeah, package probably. they offered. And, right. Yeah, I also don't think it would take that to get Bradley Beal. Um, so I mean, theoretically, you could sign a free agent, um, and then trade Ingram. I think it was Lonzo Ingram and the number four pick for either Davis or uh Bradley Beal, and th- that would be the third guy, but yeah, regardless, I. I think you do have to trade everyone to get Anthony Davis. I don't think you have to do that for Bradley Beal. So that's part of it as well. I um, also, my
0: my other thing is that if you trade all of these guys for Anthony Davis on draft night, a night that the whole league is watching on TV and everything, and there's something to be said for making a splash like that, I think that will resonate with star free agents where they say, uh, like they don't look at this from like, you know, the contracts and the role players and whatever. They're going to look at it from like, oh, the Lakers are all in. Like they really want to win right now and if I go there, then all of a sudden we're the new big 3. We're the new Heatles. Um and like I think that there is something that might be attractive to some guys about that, especially when you factor in the idea that apparently LeBron and Irving have had uh, Kyrie have had you know, reconciling, and Davis wants to play with Kyrie, reportedly, and Kyrie wants to play with Davis, I I think that there's something to be said for getting a deal like that done that is intangible and goes beyond, like, the players and the contracts and everything involved.
1: Yeah, I do think, I hadn't thought of that, I do think there's a point if they do this on draft night, it's one of the handful of nights a year where pretty much everybody in the NBA is kind of paying attention to, if not watching it, at least kind of looking on Twitter and whatnot to see some of these kids get drafted. So I do think uh, there is some value in that. And just LeBron needs the,
0: to know who he sent. needs to send his, like, congratulations wine tweets to, you
1: know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the other thing is Davis probably fits. You could sign basically anybody in free agency and then add Anthony Davis. It probably wouldn't be the case with Bradley Beal. Um I don't know. I certainly wouldn't be upset if we traded for Anthony Davis. No.
0: And like if the Lakers get Bradley Beal, that's still really great. I think that's like the important thing to take away from this is even in a week that's been terrible. And I know that a lot of you probably and somewhat justifiably don't have faith that the front office can get something like this done or like wouldn't want to trade for another clutch client because it would give LeBron too much power or, you know, whatever stupid reason that they would do a stupid thing. But like there is still a chance for them to land on their feet amidst all of this, and, uh, like, I honestly... I, I said this the night of the draft. I, I think the number four pick puts it over the goal line, and I think the Lakers get this done by draft night.
1: Yeah, that was that was an absolute game-changer. I do, do think that that shot them back into the driver's seat, basically. Um, there's a huge difference between the... what were the, the 11th pick and the 4th pick. Um, that's a massive asset, regardless of... Um, who they trade it for, because I would be surprised if we have whoever we draft with the fourth pick on the roster by opening night.
0: I, I actually th- think that that's a great segue to the next thing that we were going to talk about anyway, which is the draft pick and who they could select and who they might have on their roster opening night. Should they not trade this for Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, whoever else? And so I want to talk with you a little bit about that after this next break. okay so tell me about number four picks because all i know is that darius garland is a clutch client and everyone expects the lakers to kind of take him because he's showing up in videos with lebron and stuff
1: huh, yeah uh the three names are garland deandre hunter and Jarrett culver um, those, are
0: 2K, those are create 2k players to me
1: so <laughs> uh culver and hunter are more wings um garland's a point guard uh culver is a sophomore i don't think hunter is garland only played five games he had a
0: he was a freshman
1: but he had like a really bad knee injury right it wasn't really bad i think it was like a meniscus injury i believe oh, okay. let me look it yeah, up
0: yeah yeah that's right actually dr bra is doing a video for silver screen roll on this that's right
1: yeah it was like an injury that was gonna take the whole year to recover so he was just like peace i'm gonna go recover elsewhere and just left the team. Um, but, yeah, he he was like a one of the – he was a top prospect. Um, he put up gaudy numbers when – for the five games he did play. Um, Culver's a sh- – yeah, Culver's a shooting guard. Hunter's more of a, like a 3-4. Um, Hunter can shoot. Garland can shoot. Culver can't really shoot. Um,
0: Although we know that none of them will be able to shoot in the NBA next year, because we just know this is like how rookies like it's always what happens. We always convince ourselves that whoever the Lakers just drafted, oh, they were a good three-point shooter in college, and then it's like Anthony Brown, Spike McIly, Luke, like all these guys that like forgot all of a about Anthony forget how to shoot threes once they're on an NBA floor.
1: Yeah, I'm pulling up now. I have Synergy access to Synergy uh, for college, so I'll pull that up for these guys real quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, they would be getting a promising young player, obviously. I just, I'm kind of of the mind that they can't really afford to have this many young guys on the team. And because you have to be able to develop them you know they're going to make mistakes and you already have other guys that developmental minutes are going to be going to even if they're going to be contributing as well in the case of Lonzo and Kuz and Ingram and you know like they will bring things to the floor in different ways and obviously Garland or Hunter or Culver did I get them all right
1: you did get them already. all right.
0: That's pro- that's pro- that's progress. We're learning things today. Uh, all of them have skills that they could bring to the floor. But I, I just think that we've seen time and time again, the young guys, unless they're like Luka Doncic, don't really impact winning. And even him like the Mavericks weren't that great. Um, so I don't know. That's my reticence with it. And why I think that they can't really take a player and go into opening night with them on their roster, or at least not take all of these young guys into opening night again. I think they have to trade for a difference maker to try and get the most out of this time that, you know, LeBron has kind of gifted them because of their location. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. But I'm still, you know, it's worth knowing about these guys just so you know what teams that they would be a fit for, what teams might be interested in them in trades, and um, what they'd bring to the floor if the Lakers miraculously like decide to keep everyone and go into next season.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I was trying to multitask and pull names up, but I got everyone pulled I'm up. I do a ag- for as long as I <laughs> yeah, could. Yeah, you were perfect. Uh, I do agree. That's why I really like some of these guys, and I wish they would draft them, but, yeah, I do agree that there is already so many minutes they're devoting – developmental minutes that they're devoting to guys that for a team that wants to win now, I don't know that you can continue to do that. Um, yeah. And it's also like if they do pick it or if they do use the pick, it's also why I think they may end up leaning more to DeAndre Hunter. Cause I think he's the one that can um, contribute the most right away. But I also think he's the one whose ceiling is the lowest. Um, I think if they pick him, it's probably a sign that they don't intend on trading him or trading the pick. Um, Why do you say that? He He's older. Um, oh, I get what, okay. Yeah, I get. he's he's older. There's not as much potential there as the other two. Um, but he's also a guy that can come in right away. Like I said, he was in the 76th percentile in spot-ups um, last season. Oh, good, um,
0: because anytime you can draft for need with the fourth
1: pick, yeah, you have well, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's still, he's a good, I mean, he's a wing. You can never have too many of those. He was a good That's fair. Uh, defensive player. Um, it was really hard. I mean, I know you don't watch college basketball, but Virginia. Not other
0: than Cal State Fullerton. Uh,
1: Virginia was plague ball. Uh, they aimed to score in the 40s, basically. So it was all... Oh yeah it's it's they that's why it, i don't watch college basketball they take the entire 35 second shot clock down as low as they can and then if they get the rebound it resets to 35 and then they just do it all over again um it's absolutely awful to watch It's just giving me the shakes like- yeah <laughs> yes exactly so but he was i mean he was good enough that he made it worth watching those games which really says something um he was in the 88th percentile defensively though. He's a guy that it, it'd be a little bit of a weird fit. Cause I think long-term his position is probably more of a four. Um, but that's what we already have. Like three guys that need to be fours. Um, but he's still a, a wing player that can hit threes. And, I think that is what we need more than anything else because, Lord, did the Lakers not hit any kind of threes last year.
0: Um, Noted sharpshooter Rajon Rondo
1: and Lance Stevenson. I was going to say, and Lance Stevenson. Culver and Garland, if they draft one of them, I think a trade is very much on the table. Um, Culver's the one that a lot of people are high on. He He played for Texas Tech, made it to the... National championship game. He was basically their kind of initiator. He was everything on there offensively for them. Um, his shot is a work in progress, to say the least. Um, it's pretty ugly. It's going to need a little some overhaul. Um, again, is why I'm not entirely sold on them drafting a guy that would need a lot of change to their. Like, he, he'd be, I think, a weird fit. For a Laker team that already does... Like, none of their young pieces, except sometimes Josh Hart, are good shooters. Um, Yeah, Josh
0: Hart for, like, sporadic 20-game stretches.
1: Yeah, when his knee isn't in, like, four pieces or whatever. Yeah,
0: I mean, they should have shut him down early. But anyway, that's a whole
1: separate tangent. Um, Again, another guy who's pretty good defensively. If they drafted him, they would have uh, him and Ingram. Him, Culver, Lonzo, and Ingram would be a lot of fun to watch defensively. It would just be pretty ugly offensively. Uh, and then Garland, I, I yeah, mean... Yeah, so when they take the
0: clutch guy, what are they getting?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Garland's probably the leader right now because uh, he's a clutch guy. Although the way they've been acting about...
0: Yeah, maybe not. Maybe that makes him the <laughs> yeah. least likely...
1: They don't want... They want to be sure that Rich Paul doesn't have doesn't any have, more power. You
0: can't have LeBron have too much power. That's like, you know... There's no no one could have foreseen that happening.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to like look at the stats for Garland because he only played 5 games um before like yeah, he he got injured. Um it was a meniscus injury and he basically it was going to keep him out the whole year. He wasn't going to be able to come back, so he left to go rehab on his own and prepare on his own. Um he put up some ridiculous numbers. He's an incredible three-point shooter. Um, he's a point guard, though. Again, it'd be a little bit of an odd fit, you'd pre- and he's not good defensively. He's small, so you'd have to move Lonzo to probably the two-guard. Um, whenever those two played together, I think Lonzo de- defensively could do it, but you'd be relying a lot on him fixing his shot, basically. Well, and
0: you'd also be like taxing him physically more than he already is, and a guy that has not been able to get through the grind of an NBA season so far.
1: Uh, absolutely. But also, I think that could play in favor of them drafting Garland because then they'd have another lead guard.
0: Yeah, that's fair. For when
1: Lonzo does go down, um, which seems like you almost have to count on at this point.
0: At some point, he will get hurt, yeah.
1: Yeah, Garland shot 47.8% from three this year, but it was only on 23 attempts. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, I really like Garland. Um, it seems like he's probably the leader. There's a lot of guys who think that he'll be good enough to, like I know Ryan Rosillo said by the time this whole like draft workout um, stuff is done that it'll be considered a four-player draft with Garland. Um, oh. But, he is, he's listed at 6'2", 175, though, so he's small. Um, I do think another thing that kind of helps him, I don't know, again, that it would necessarily play into them drafting him, but LeBron has done well with kind of the small, good-shooting point guards in the yeah. past. He made Booby Gibson a household name for like a whole season. Yeah. Um, so I think that would work well for if they do draft Garland. But, yeah, I mean... Having said all of this, I don't think that they keep the pick um, for all the reasons we said at the beginning. Um, this is none of these guys really fit with the timeline of winning right now and only having two guaranteed years left of LeBron. So I feel like they—I don't know who else would be available to trade for other than Beale or uh, Davis with this pick, but I do. I don't think that whoever that this pick is on the roster on opening night.
0: Yeah. So I think that's as good of a segue as any, like let's talk about the guys who are going to be uh, on the roster. And one of them is Kyle Kuzma, who just, uh, or I was actually Lethal Shooter, who, for those of you that don't know, he has become, like, a new favorite follow of Lakers Twitter because they, like, desperately want the Lakers to hire a shooting coach. They've decided that that will fix all of the team's problems. I forgot
1: that was even a problem. (laughs) That's how long the season's been.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was a thing for a while where everybody, like, and you constantly see, I've looked on his Instagram, there's constantly Lakers fans in the comments saying, like, oh, go to the Lakers, like, they need a shooting coach. And it's like, well, the Lakers have to hire him, not the other way around. (laughs) But Contavius Caldwell-Pope worked with him, had some obviously great results at times. Um, He just tweeted out a picture of himself working out with Kyle Kuzma, which had been speculated about because he had been sending like Instagrams and stuff of himself in the gym. And Kuz had talked about wanting to work with people and whatever. And so but that those dots have officially been connected. He tweeted out a photo of himself working with Kyle Kuzma. So. You know, I mean, if Contavious Caldwell Pope's success is anything, you know, after getting his head right every time with uh, with Lethal Shooter, I'm forgetting what his actual name is. Um, but after working with this guy, obviously shot really, really well during the season and like made some tweaks and was able to figure it out. And so, you know, if Kuzma can have similar results where he gets back to how good of a three point shooter he was during his rookie season, that could be huge for his development.
1: Chris Matthews is his name. Okay. Um, it was, I remember at one point last season, Kuzma had said like he changed his shot like six times or something. Yes. Like clearly he had issues with it. He was aware enough to know there were issues with it, but uh, could not get them fixed because he took a pretty big step back in efficiency shooting wise last year. Um, so, yeah, if they can they can get that figured out and get him closer to his rookie year shooting numbers, um, that would be huge for Kuzma because his game pretty heavily relies on him being a consistent uh, scorer, and that's the best way he can contribute. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good to see him in the gym working on that. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about the shooting coach thing. That was was like
0: four, that was four, you know, crises ago at this point. So I totally understand. It's like every single time people would freak out about them not doing something or there would become this narrative and they just somehow they like, they did like the opposite of, you know, the positive PR thing. And like, Like, where they like are like, oh, but look at this shiny, like nice thing that we did, and like (laughs) stop paying attention to the bad thing. They're like, here's this worst thing
1: that we did. Exactly. It's like, you guys do know you can solve these problems by like hiring a shooting coach, right? Instead of like, it's even as a PR move, just hire a
0: shooting coach, you know? Like, even as just a, you know, show fans that like give fans what they want and show them that you're doing this. Like, it can't be that expensive to hire a shooting coach for a team that makes as much money as the Lakers.
1: Yeah, didn't they hire Chris Matthews for they I thought they hired somebody for a little while after at the end of the season, but like they didn't really make it known
0: no, not Maybe that I, I know of. I might be making that up. Um I think you just made that up unless you just reported a very big story on accident. I did
1: not do that. I don't have those kinds of sources. Uh my my media sources are not as good as Pete's. Um, or entertainment (laughs) sources, excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Lakers have found a way to bungle every possible, like, crises or whatever. Like, they are, like, PR 101 of how not to do anything. Like, they are absolutely awful at handling any kind of situation. They went a month between Magic resigning and, like, their first public comments that weren't in a press release.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean speaking of bungling things, uh we can also talk about this like final, I think this will be our final topic for today. Josh Hart, who has <laughs> been going on the the po- a podcast tour, a podcast media tour that no one really asked for. And <laughs> like I say this is someone who likes Josh and like you know, we've interacted a couple times, seems like a nice guy. Um and I, I just think he's been going on these things. And like, first, Gilbert Arenas' podcast, which, like, you know, number one, that should not be a place that you stop when you're no. doing your media tour. It's all due respect to what Gilbert Arenas did as an NBA player, you know, and why some like underdogs may appreciate his story leading up until like the Wizards part where he got the contract. They're just like, well, he got the big contract and then that's where his story ended. Like, Gilbert Arenas faded away into the sunset. If you stop there, inspirational story. If you keep going, (laughs) slightly more problematic story. Um, And then, you know, on Danny Green's podcast and has just been just committing these unforced errors that I don't really understand. The like the anti-analytics rant, the I, I know he's getting asked about the trade deadline, but. He's kind of sort of putting his foot in his mouth. I Like, we've written a little bit about some of this stuff at Silver Screen and Roll, so I encourage you to go read uh, read his full comments there. I'm not going to read them off to you. Um, but, you know, he talked about – he was talking about, like, he doesn't want 44 five year – like, I don't think he said white guys. I think he said unathletic guys that have never played basketball telling him how to play basketball, which, like, on one hand I get. But on the other hand, you don't have to have played basketball at a high level to be able to understand analytics. And analytics can still give you value as long as you don't only value them. And so, like, I know that some of this is, like, getting lost in translation. And it's, like, him rallying against the bad parts of analytics and the bad parts of, like, like unathletic white dudes in his mentions that are telling him to, like—or unathletic, like, you know— uh blog boys and his mentions telling him what he should work on, like, and being like, well, here's this synergy number that says that you play like an idiot. And it's like, well, that's not the way to get that across. I get that. Maybe he's rallying against that stuff, but I don't know, man. Like it's, it's the finals. Like you don't need to go on Danny green's podcast and say, and talk again about how you thought that, you know, they were going to trade the whole team and no one trusted
1: anyone. And like, stop, stop bringing it up. Like, the well, t- two things first. One, it was we said this beforehand. Really weird that Danny Green's re- recording a podcast with Josh Hart the week of the finals. Even Danny
0: Green's podcast is like,
1: <laughs> how can we get the
0: SEO up and talk about the Lakers?
1: Uh, that that was really odd when I watched the video. Yes. Uh, second thing about Josh Hart's analytics rant, it's like the thing that makes it more odd is he's like a great player by analytics yeah and he's who was a perfect him
0: that his analytics were bad,
1: yeah like he's exactly what you want from like a guard in the analytics um I don't know maybe he didn't like that the
0: analytics were telling him that like he couldn't like play like Kobe or whatever they were like, <laughs> no, you're playing the smart way right now in this way and he's like, well, I feel limited. I don't know,
1: yeah because like he only shoots threes or layups, and that's exactly what you want so I don't know who w- wasn't like mark Madsen the an- analytics like no it was clay moser In- okay uh whoever the in-between was last year for uh his the description lakers of
0: the unathletic 45 year old guy that never played is like a lot of people took that as a shot at vogel i'm not really there yet josh was at his intro presser oh, and yeah. sounds like they've had productive dialogue that is like a literal verbatim description of clay moser and that was how i kind of took that but i don't know
1: yeah i did i i saw that i it it seemed like a very bad coincidence that it matched uh, the description of Frank Vogel. I didn't really yes. take that as a shot. But again,
0: it's like these are the types of things. I'm not saying that guys shouldn't go on the offseason and guys aren't allowed to talk. I'm not that guy. I don't care. Like, they can go on whatever. Like, it creates more work for me. That's fine. That's the, that's part of the re- But I'm just saying from the perspective of, like, like what is best for them and managing it, like, I just don't understand why you do this.
1: It's just shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like, the one from today about the Anthony Davis trade stuff, like, the part where I, like, did the blinking gif literally watching my screens when he's like, yeah, we thought everybody was going to be traded except KCP and LeBron. I was like... You know, you can think that, but what I wouldn't recommend saying that. <laughs> like, it's weird because as a media member, like I
0: appreciate the on when guys are honest and stuff like that. But it's just I don't know. This just to me does not feel like the time where that is smart or really like prudent to be you know discussing this on a podcast when the the Lakers could very clearly be being shielded from all the attention that normally would be on them if they were having this much, much dysfunction during the season. But the basketball world is focused mostly on the finals and you can kind of just like sneak out the back door, but instead you're getting a megaphone and you're being
1: like, Oh yeah. Remember when we were stupid. (laughs) And it like, it's made worse by the fact that nothing has went right for the Lakers. this, (laughs) This, like it's not even the off season yet. These, This last month, and, like, Josh Hart's just, like, bringing up the other bad thing that happened a couple months ago. He's like, hey, guys, I know Magic quit, and you have this big, like, expose article, but remember when we couldn't trade for Anthony Davis and the whole team was mad? And it's like, why? Don't. Please. Just, like... I appreciate like how the question great it was, was. What is your diet like during the offseason? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I appreciate how great this is for, like, a headline. But also, this is terrible for team building. Like, so this is a Wendy's. Yeah. Can you uh, can you stop yelling about this and just... And, like, uh, to be
0: fair, again, he's being asked about this stuff. Yeah. But there is a political way to handle
1: it that is not the route that he has chosen to take. He... Like, everything he said before, like, that part was fine. Like, he was asked about it. Like, every Laker's probably going to be asked about it for a while because it was just such a big debacle. But like, like, hey,
0: remember when everything went wrong at the same time? That was crazy. What was your experience?
1: <laughs> yeah, remember when you guys walked into Indiana and lost by, like, 75 points and everybody yeah, looked remember awful? when Magic
0: walked into the locker room and told you all to stop being a bunch of crybabies just because I tried to trade all of you except for LeBron?
1: yeah and KCP. yeah uh but yeah i mean he was like diplomatic about everything and then he was like yeah but they also only wanted to trade or they didn't want to trade lebron and kcp it's like okay bud uh somebody take the mic away from him like you said yeah. before and like he is not getting these text messages from the lakers pr people or if he is he's just leaving them on red and he's like just like ignoring them and going on the next podcast i'm just imagining about.
0: that they started out nice they're like so josh like any more podcast appearances this week that we should know about and be prepared for it's like or you know maybe we could talk about it before you go on and it's like no josh josh what the danny green no why are you going on danny
1: green's podcast when there's more <laughs> attention on that than there has ever been and then it's just uh you said what with like a whole bunch of question marks and exclamation points after like his his video today yeah i I, I like Josh, and then, and then there's
0: one from KCP like that's right I'm not getting traded I'm not going anywhere <laughs> you're never starting again
1: count the dollars after yeah. his last two seasons uh yeah I like Josh, so Josh I his mana from heaven <laughs> oh my uh yeah this was not a good week for Josh Hart but... yeah
0: although hey like spin zone. He he said all this stuff and spoke his truth. And unlike Magic, he did it like in a way it was like after something way worse had happened. So like it went, it was it was like maybe this Josh just felt like he needed to get his off this off his chest. And both times he did it right after Magic just like burned the Lakers on national television. <laughs> so like maybe this is his version of like a Friday morning news dump. Uh, this just, is like, well, Danny's ver- been asking me to come on the podcast and talk about this for a while. I guess I'll do it right after the ESPN expose.
1: This is uh he actually loves it in l a and doesn't want to be traded, so he's tanking his trade value as much as he can in the last Not week it, yeah, exactly. he doesn't have a crazy father to go out there on like radios shows to like scream about how him and his brothers would win titles together. so instead he's just going on his own podcast and doing it his own self,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know where this goes from here, but I expect it to get worse.
1: Oh, it can. I've learned with the Lakers, it only gets worse. There is no (laughs) bottom. There is no bottom. Yeah. Every time I think we've hit rock bottom, Baxter Holmes releases a new PSPN piece or something.
0: Next week, it'll be something else. And we will be there on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast and on com to chronicle it for you. Jacob, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we thought that we did not have much to talk about and ended up having a lot to talk about. So uh, what do you have anything coming that you want to plug and uh, give everyone your social media again? Uh,
1: I don't think we have anything uh, coming up in the, like, the next week, but we will have some stuff um, on Lonzo Wire coming up. We're doing some video series on how Frank Vogels used point guards in the past and whatnot with Lonzo. Uh, Those should be out next week, but um, you can follow me at Jacob Rude or if you want all of your LeVar Levar articles, at Lonzo Wire. You're just going to steal my own term on
0: my own podcast. This is hurtful. Um, I am Sorry, at, you're breaking up. I couldn't hear you. What, love articles, huh? Anyway, I am at H.M. Fagan. I am going to go leave and file paperwork to, to <laughs> Sue Jacob. Uh, this has been the Silver Screen Roll podcast. As always, you can find our show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. But you probably know that because you're listening to it already. But if you somehow happened upon this or like it was playing in your friend's car and you really want to listen to this, that's where you can find it. And we will talk to you on Monday.